0: This podcast is brought to you by Balls of in association with Carry Out Off License, Ireland's number one independent off license. <laughs> Very welcome to the Brent Hope Rugby World Cup show on Balls of the e with thanks to carry out off-license. Brent, back in studio with us. It's our last hurrah. Yes, the Rugby last, World Cup's uh, coming to an end.
1: Hasn't worked out for for, uh, for both my countries and one of yours. Hasn't worked out the way <laughs> that we would have liked to. I'd have loved to have been back in here saying, look, it's, a, it's an Irish-New Zealand final. Um, but look, you know, yeah. disappointment as far as I am. We've talked about disappointment again there uh, last weekend for um, New Zealand. Um, totally um, contrasting matches last weekend Uh, one to savor on the Saturday despite New Zealand losing and then of course the kind of I suppose (laughs) the more the more bore fest on the on the Sunday no less intense just different types of uh, teams you know on the Saturday two teams that wanted to attack Mm. on Sunday two teams that looked to defend and I think that was the difference but uh, huge shocks, shocks around New Zealand, especially after their performance against Ireland. They just didn't get out of the blocks against England. Um, I think actually Irish fans can take a bit of consolation in the fact that, you know, sometimes a bit like New Zealand played against them, sometimes you just can't get into the game and that New Zealand found that. they just Anywhere they went, they were just blocked by, by yeah. this thing. It was probably the best
0: ever English performance, I think. That's a really interesting point, because that's actually... I was going to ask you that. It was like there's there's... The scoreline almost didn't reflect the dominance that England had. And this was New Zealand, two-time defending champions in a World Cup semi-final. We'll talk about their performance. Mm. But from England's point of view, it was as close to perfect as you're going to get on the rugby field. Well,
1: it wouldn't have been unrealistic to say it could have been 25-0 or something. Because the All Blacks only got that try, was a bit of an overthrow from England. Um and then England of course had two disallowed tries. Now one of them was clearly obstruction, but the second one took a bit of viewing to know that he maybe knocked the ball on in the in the mall, you mm. know, six inches. And it wasn't that it wasn't that didn't stop the try, it was just brought back for something as small as that. So yes, it was it was it wasn't as one-sided as the New Zealand line performs, because New Zealand did show in the second half a couple of times they broke out. I think Dane Coles broke out, you broke out in the first half. It could have resulted in tries on a lesser day, but I think a bit like New Zealand, once England had that um, second forward penalty or third point to put them out to two-score lead, I don't think New Zealand were ever going to, within a dog show, winning that game. But, uh, of course... England got off to the perfect start, and when you saw their formation, their phase play, that mm. was about the best start I've seen from any team. You wow. know, when okay, this team might take a kick, a kick off from the from the restart and score and, and and get a try within maybe the first thirty seconds. But the way that was structured, went downtown against New Zealand, set up five, six, seven phases. New Zealand didn't know where to defend, offloading all the front rows and then in in under the sticks well constructed try and you know just giving them the confidence they needed to kick on
0: yeah when you look at like the job that Eddie Jones is there there's a lot of very very good rugby players and we shouldn't ever make it all about the coaches either but when you think about what he did say mm-hmm. it, it, you know what it really brought it home when you know you guys played it on, on, on TV when they played the clip for him and he started by speaking in Japanese and you're almost going yeah jeez, yeah, this is the guy who four years ago we were lauding as only four years ago as what a job he did with resurrecting Japanese rugby to what he did with England which was such a great start from a team that were like so low after what happened at the World Cup in, in 2015 to resurrect them then to have that slip and to lose the six test matches in a row to on the verge of being fired by all accounts, at least in the media, to have that patience and confidence in yourself to go and to stick with the plan, I suppose, you know?
1: Actually he's 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 resurrected himself too, I think <laughs> this World Cup. He's actually come across as kinda of the, the smiling assassin, if you know what I mean. Like he's he's actually kind of endeared himself. The speaking of the Japanese, you're right, the fact that he's he seems to be taking things very sort of you know, in his wake, he's smiling at a lot of the people. He's relaxed, He's having relaxed, he's having a, a, like even when other teams are complaining about the typhoon and all these, he just said, look, he said, we'll get on with it. He said, we'll go, we'll have a week off, we'll enjoy ourselves and enjoying training. They look to be, they look to be, which is very un-English rugby, is they look to be a group of players that are enjoying themselves and you see it in their sort of camaraderie. They look to get on. There doesn't look to be any bickering yeah. uh, between the sides. I think Farrell also brings that into it. He's a good sort of, you know, he's, he doesn't have the posh sort of English accent, you know, he's a kind of a, like his father. He's a, he's a tough nut. He's re- respected. So I think he's, I think Eddie Jones has sort of really developed this team you know, and, and, and justifiably to be where they are, which is raging red-hot favourites for this yeah. final. Now, that might come back to bite them, but at the, at the moment, the way they played, if they played anywhere near the way they played the All Blacks, uh, then that'll be good enough for South Africa. Having said that, this competition, like anything, throws up surprises, sure. and teams teams that have gone in as overwhelming favourites over the years have struggled. Yeah, um, you know, we go back only got to go back to 2011 when New Zealand won it under a lot of pressure, uh, being favourites for France that hadn't played well at all, and then mm. and then the game was so tight that France should have won it. I think if you look back to last time England won it themselves, they were probably favourites to 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 beat Australia more convincingly than they did, and Australia ran them right to the wire as we know to, for the, for the drop kick for Johnny Wilkinson. So it's not dead in the water for South Africa. And especially with with Cheslin Colby coming back and gives them some attacking platform, but it's going to be difficult for them because I think where do you, in a week's time, training, where do you break England down? Um, it's you know New Zealand yeah. couldn't do it, so they can play it anyway. They yeah. you know.
0: There's not there's not a whole lot of time to find those the, those no pro- possible weaknesses. The. Um, England back row like you you you've talked a good bit on this show over mm-hmm. uh, over the time of like the, the famous New Zealand back row yeah. of Michael Jones and sin yeah. Brooke yeah. and everything like that right it's like no it's too early to kind of be putting them in that bracket but as a one off performance it's funny Morris was saying on another podcast he can't remember a better no. oh, like six, seven, eight no, performance as a combination I I I
1: I I I'd agree i think that uh, I think that that was one of, as a look at the triumphant of of the three players, that was one of the greatest loose forward performances. In fact, so good that Woonapola was the probably lesser of those yeah. two, of Curry and Underhill. Underhill was, uh, was absolutely uh, fantastic. Um, and it's great to see in a game that has gone away a bit from uh, back row balance. And I say that because... Teams of some tribe tried to put big guys in at, at number six, so even like you look at the South Africans, they've tried to give that physicality in their back row. What we saw with this English back row was a really good balance of athletic guys that could get around the park at speed, and then your power man at eight, uh, Vunapola. So a nice balance. Mm. Probably the best balanced back row in the competition, you'd have to say, even ahead of New Zealand, who are more the far-ranging athletic types than the power. But what you want from your back row is exactly what England have. You want your guy that can go forward over the game line with the ball in hand, which is Wunapola. Then you want your other guys, as kind of guys that can counter-attack and also link uh, wider out and the wider out channels. And that's what exactly what Underhill and Curry did. They were always there to carry play on. Underhill made some smashing tackles that changed the face of that game. I think one at one stage there when New Zealand... <laughs> Showed glimpses that they might get back into the game after they'd scored that try. I think Underhill come up with a tackle that knocked Geordie Barrett back. Yeah. And that was the end of the game. Yeah. So phenomenal performance by the back row and you could counter Toje in that because he plays like a...
0: Exactly, a yeah, and the loose, almost like a fort, um, a fort back row. Warren Gatland, who we'll talk about a little bit more in general in a minute... Uh, said this week and Eddie Jones responded to him to enjoy the third and fourth place playoff but he just I thought it was actually an interesting point I don't think he was having a dig to sort of say a a final is a different thing sometimes you know England beating New Zealand was in many ways their World Cup final now I think their reaction after the game where they were kind of calm and relaxed much you know echoing their coach like you were saying there a while ago is a good sign for England but just in terms of getting yourself up again even if South Africa are a good. lesser team there is that question isn't it absolutely
1: that- that, that that that's what I was talking about before because that question has always been asked over teams is can you go can you bring out another top draw performance like that in a final can you do it can you do it two or maybe three weeks in a row that you have to and the jury's still out on that You know, like England aren't invincible. They're not sudden. They haven't suddenly become, you know, a team that's unbeatable. Because if you look at even the warm-ups or something, they had that great performance against Ireland. They ran sixty odd points around them, brilliant. And then the following week, then they lose to Wales at home with a similar strength side. So they're not, they're not all singing dancing yet. I just see something a bit different in their kind of build-up and their psyche. They've been building up to this for four years, as Jones has said. I don't think they're going to let it slip. I think that South Africa, on the other hand, their danger lies in the fact that they're probably in a final that they didn't expect to be in after the first loss to New Zealand. They probably didn't think they would get through. Mm. Uh, yes, you always harbour... You always harbour... Uh, that's still the expectation or whatever, that they come out second that group. They possibly would have thought they were going to have a harder run through. In a sense, they probably thought it was going to be Ireland they would be playing would they find harder. And Japan were brave. Well, look, we know it. They made the tournament. But looking at Japan and Scotland as your games or whatever, and then Wales, was probably yeah. a far preferable route than New Zealand and England or whatever, you know. So... South Africa have got their, yes, hard to say. Have they played effectively well? They don't stand out as a team that's that's on top of their game. I think yeah. Rasmus has built them up over the last year. But they're there, and what they will say is, look, who knows what the day holds. You know, England could get nervy, South Africa could... There is good a team in the world for, for, for knuckling down and making it an armrest or making it closer than people think. And unless England can bring their own game and South Africa can try to, to suffocate them a bit like Wales did to South Africa, then yes, they're in with a chance.
0: Stephen Ferris called some of their performance when we were talking to him um, earlier in the week lazy. Uh, he said that like that their forwards weren't getting around the corner and they, it seemed like they just didn't have they didn't want that. That work in attack that they were just happy to defend, and even when even when the try came off the penalty advantage, other than a kind of a bit of magic, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Where like that that they pro, that they weren't showing that eagerness for work. It's 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 an interesting point because it's something that doesn't make sense to me. Once you get to this the pinnacle of the game, you're in a World Cup semi final. You're playing against the depleted and battered Wales. You they're there for the taking. As brave as they were, how was? You know, for all the praise that Erasmus is getting, are South Africa actually have have they faltered into a World Cup final? Like, yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. I, in a, in a sense, yes, and yet they could so surprise. I don't see it as being laziness. I'd have to say. I don't think I don't think these players were any less conditioned or whatever, any less desire to win. I think South Africans have that desire. Um, I just think that their game plan dictates that they. <laughs> look where do where do their where do their underhills come from? Where do their Vunapolas come from like they're not they're not those types of players they're big physical guys who will who will like to crash and bash around uh the kind of you know the the low the um familiar, the, the, these guys they, I just don't think their their game plan tailors it for them to be expressive mm. and so they've probably fallen into that you know. What's their game plan going to be? You know, I know Colby's back and they may give him a bit of space, hopefully a bit of width, but it's generally going to be a box kick from Flaff to Kirk or Pollard um, or the kick-pass game, and then it's going to be all the forwards streaming up on the board and trying to muscle you out of the game. That's been their policy over the, over the last year or so. Um, I just don't think it'll work against England, you know. Yeah. Having said that, I'm coming from a place that we were doing this podcast last week saying I don't think England's game plan will work against New Zealand. Well, hell, it worked pretty well. Yeah. So South Africa do have that ability up front. I think they probably need to decide, you know, when they bring the subs on because I think they make a big difference to their game. Like Marks was good last week. Low, of course, came on and, and added that bit of muscle. So if they can get to half time and the game is still close, they do have a decent enough bench to bring on.
0: Yeah, there's a question, I suppose, as we were all kind of bored to tears a little bit, in the, especially the first kind of 60 minutes on Sunday, the question that kept coming into my head was, this is obviously a game plan, but the game plan isn't yeah. to be super loose and kick really bad kicks up the Wales and, and, you know, kick it down half in his throat, which is like making him look like yeah. he's an upgrade on Liam Williams rather than what should have been the other way around. Like, how much of that do you think is... Actually, poor execution. That if they got it right, maybe they mm. give England a few more problems if they have a, be, a better day in Couldn't that regard. agree regards. more. Yeah.
1: You know what's the difference between a, 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 a you know as Ireland would prove against New Zealand, the difference between a bad kick and a good kick might be might be a meter. Mm. You know, so suddenly if you're yeah. getting a player chasing up and he gets his hand onto and and, and, and it and it drops back. You know, when a team has momentum, even noticing it's England, because New Zealand's kicking game just went to to pack, and once I saw it, I thought England were just getting up, and any hand they got to it, the ball bounced back their way, so the next player coming onto it, you know, the bouncing ball was an English player. That can go against you just as easily. Suddenly you can get a South African up there, getting his hands to it, it drops into another South African, suddenly they're over the gain line. But it's just about getting those kicks right, and when you rely so heavily on a kicking game like South Africa... If it's not right, it won't work. Now, they have Colby, one of the quickest in the business, albeit he's pretty small, but to chase up the kicks. Because I don't think the Springboks were really, their kick chase wasn't great. Um, nor was well, the, the Welsh teams either. It was better. No. It was better than it had been against France, but it still wasn't great. But, um, yeah, I, here's the thing that was always worried me about South African rugby, and it's not just, it's not just uh, this cycle, It's all of the cycles, as I say. I keep saying to people, even to South Africans out there, name some creative centres that have played rugby for South Africa.
0: That's how has got it there. So, yes, yeah. you name them. You can't. M- massive barrelling number 12. Massive barrelling. Yeah.
1: Look, there's a list of them. There's a list of them. You can go right back to, to Johnny Gerber or something back in the 80s and 90s. You can go back over big physical guys that have run from A to B in a straight line. But give me the uh, give me a name of a, of a player that you saw in the South African back line that was... You know, a sensational game breaker or game player. There, there hasn't been one. It's the way they play their club rugby. It's the way they play their provincial rugby. It's the way they play their test rugby. Pick big, strong guys who can defend and do the basics well. But you can't see. You, even when Alanday scored that try last, it, it just about came as a mistake. Mm. You sort of got the impression that he was thinking, "Okay, I've got to offload here somewhere." Yeah, and I said. I was just screaming, just go for it! You're only five
0: metres from the line, and power as well, like as well, rather than any kind and of power, guile or yeah. But
1: like you know, uh, stain, who might come on, he's mm. about sixteen stone. You know, like I mean, that's the kind of centres that 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 they're trying to 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 promote. Now Colby gives them a a little bit of go forward out wide or whatever, and Larue hasn't played well, but he has an ability to be a good counter attacker. Um, and yes, they'll defend well in the in the midfield. A lot will depend on their scrum halves, um, to Clerk and and Pollard. They'll have to pull the strings there. And then a lot depend on 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 whether the whether their pack can bring you know. <laughs> I still don't see where they're going to get the tries against England. I can see them arm wrestling them. I can see it making it difficult for England if things start going wrong and they start missing a few things. I just don't know where they're going to get the tries themselves. A bit like, why is that the first match in Japan, as you know? My God, did, 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 did South Africa bring an in intensity in that match. Mm. For the first 20 minutes, I thought, you know, New Zealand in a bit of trouble here because the South Africans were just hitting them with everything they had. But then New Zealand had that ability to just create something two or three times in a match that the South Africans couldn't deal with. And yet the South Africans couldn't create the same. Yeah. Yes, they got in field position by Pollard kicking. Yes, they got into a position where Pollard could, could convert a penalty. But they didn't really look like scoring in that game. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, one more thing on South Africa it, before we kind of like you know get predictions and maybe talk about a few other things like yeah. England and, and New Zealand in particular. But you've been around, you know. Too long. You were part of <laughs> you know a, a, a protest the protests yeah. against against um, sure yeah. tours in in South Africa yeah. during apartheid and everything. And we all know the the lovely story of '95 and and how great a thing yeah. that was, and there's books and movies and everything about it. I do think there's something significant about them going into a World Cup final with a black captain. Absolutely. And I think it's something that, like, if they were to win, and look, we're going to have to take an awful lot of rugby conversation and logic out Mm -hmm. of that for that to put it, that would be a a huge, huge thing, and kind of on a par with Francois Pienaar and Nelson Mandela and everything in '95. Yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe... It's hard to say a greater moment in, in unification rugby, and I call it unification because that Mandela unified that whole nation behind a sport mm. which hadn't happened before in, in South Africa. It was still led by an Afrikan, White. Um, for this team to be led, uh, yeah, by, by a colour or a, a player would be, would be incredible would be incredible and it would show you how far South African sport have come so it would be a very moving moment and it would be good for it would be good certainly for the world of rugby and it would be good for South African rugby whether it's going to happen but that certainly will be a motivating factor mm. behind this team to 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 pull something out and i still think there's still something in my gut that tells me South Africa haven't played their best game yet uh and they'll reserve that till 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 Saturday in the final and they'll come out with something to prove. Will it be enough? You'd have to say no, but I mean you roll all those other things into it, playing for your country, playing for the pride of of, you know, again unifying them even closer as a nation yeah they're all big they're all big motivating factors
0: yeah it's uh, it's still i think we can kind of underestimate when we get into rugby how big a a, a, an occasion a world cup final is in general like yeah well
1: it's a huge deal to unify the support in south africa as well Mm -hmm. because that would that would not only and i was watching something there on i i didn't know how big this is for the south africans like they're talking about you know people singing the anthem and that and supermarkets you know that that South Africa is a buzz for support for the site you just don't think it here because you're not seeing it on the streets here or anything exactly, like. you yeah. didn't even see it in Japan but go back to South Africa now they're in a final uh, they 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 are where they want to be um, they certainly wouldn't have been in that final a year ago when they ranked what fifth was slipped to fifth or sixth in the world so Erasmus has got them there the team has got them there they seem to be, again, a bit like England. They seem to be a team happy enough to be playing with each other, which is a huge thing in, in South Avram and rugby. So, yeah, there's plenty of carrots on the, on the string for them.
0: Well, it should be a brilliant occasion, I think, and we'll get the, I'll get your prediction at the end, I think. But yeah. I just want to go back to a few things. We have the, the bronze medal game, oh, as it's God. called. No, sorry, it's called the bronze final, actually. Oh, they've got to sorry. get rid of that. <laughs>
1: that's, 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 now that's got to go. That, that's a drawback. Look, in, in a game where people are trying to predict players that are getting tired, you know, the Welsh are cobbled together with the blue tack at this stage. Yeah. You know, there's nine changes made. Uh, New Zealand will look at that game differently. Um, I know Warren Gatland is trying to sort of pump it up and say we've never beaten the, the New Zealand or whatever, and, and he's put fresh legs out there, but he's facing a New Zealand team that have to do something this match. He's facing a New Zealand team where Karen Reid, Sonny Bill Williams, Ben Smith. It's their last game. They'll have, you know, hands on the handsome heart, tears in the eyes, handsome to go. They'll want to kick back with a big win. Um, Will it mean a lot? Will it mean a lot to them? Actually, it will, because when you play your last match for New Zealand like Karen Reid, and you've been such a a great servant, and yet as a captain, he'll feel that he's failed, as will a lot of the the, other senior players in, in, in the New Zealand team, even though they've got World Cup medals, uh, the senior players, they still look at this year as being a failure, and they'll still have to say, "Look, we've got something to offer in the sense that we finish this competition with a bang, so that people will turn back and say that if England win it, you know, it was it was it was justifiable, but they lost to the best team on the day, but they kick back with something." Wales, I don't know that they're not. They don't already have one foot on the plane yeah. going back because, you know, there's a lot of weak links on that side. There's nine. There's nine newcomers to a side that was gonna struggle anyway, even at full strength.
0: Yeah. There's too much like I actually didn't want to get at this because you made my point for me. That's exactly what I think about the bronze metal game, but the, the or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the uh, the it, rugby is too physical Absolutely. and like pumped go. up a game for it to be playing a dead rubber no. a week later, isn't let it? Them, like, it's let just, them
1: go look, you know, the last thing you want to do is hang around the shop. When you 've lost, yeah, you know you just want to get back to your friends and family, you want to get back to your own country, to hang around for an extra week in Tokyo, yeah you know like it's not like the old days. it's just, I tell you where it's a throwback from the amateur days, because in amateur days, teams would have gone on the jar for that week had a good time it would have been looked a bit like a barbarians match that sort of played with flair and gay abandonment to the game yeah. and they would have had a few jars they would have relaxed their family would have been over a bit of sightseeing yeah. rather than to go back and spend after the losses from both sides both downtrodden both trying to pick themselves up the next day. What you want to go to a training on the following Monday?
0: I know. No. I'll tell you the difference as well is that New Zealand get to go on holidays afterwards, so maybe they're relaxed. But Wales are like yeah. Wales are probably going to get a couple of weeks off and then they're back like, to their you- clubs. Whereas, and it's not going to ha- it's not going to help the regions either because if you think no. about this, the Irish players, hard. the Irish players who only played one less real game are yeah. probably finished up with their holidays now, probably heading back to the clubs on Monday. Whereas the Welsh players are two weeks behind. No. Doing the same thing, no, and we're heading into right. Champions Cup season. Like, and, yeah.
1: and Karen Niggles and injuries, you'll yeah. have all the provinces on the phone saying, You know, is Jonathan Davies okay to play? You exactly, know, yeah. Come back, Jonathan, we need you. He might be saying, Well, look, I need a rest. You know some of those players like Alan Wood and Jones like, how can he keep going to the well? I mean that guy's played every just about every minute of this tournament, and then you know he's expected to go back and and, and front up again next week so yeah it, it, it's antiquated that should be let go, just have the finals have the week have the weeks facing for the finals to get ready, and the rest. You see, but look, there's everything's around it, even like the social sort of thing, they've got, I think, what haven't they got, the Player of the Year awards or something on the night after the final? Yeah. Teams will be, some teams will be hanging around for that, but...
0: No, there's a lot of, it's a a lot of of corporate stuff, I suppose. I'm not
1: even... Wales are about to take, I don't think they're about to take anything at least they beat New Zealand, of course, Yeah, they? Maybe
0: Gatland's first time beating New Zealand yeah. in his last game, but I think that's, as you said, it's probably unlikely. Just on Wales, though, right? It's interesting talking about Alan Wynne-Jones, and it's very hard not to... Like, if you're a Welsh fan, I think there's an element of they were so stripped back, even, like, with yeah. the with the injuries, the losing two number eights, obviously, one in oh, the tournament, ridiculous. one before, losing Liam Williams, losing George North, even in the first half, it's changing their game plan there. Anskim before they leave. Anskim, you know? of course, yeah. yeah. Like there's a part of you that would be super proud of them going down the Absolutely. way they did, like, three points as a fan. And then there's another part of you that's like, God, we left a chance behind us there.
1: Absolutely, they left a the chance behind
0: us. Like, it was a weaker side of the draws, it turned out, everything, right? How do you feel, like, Gatlin... We talked a lot about our cycles here and everything like that. It's like, Wales won the Grand Slam this year. Yeah. And yeah. even though they only lost by three points in a World Cup semi-final, there's an argument they, ha- they weren't in form for the whole tournament, really.
1: Well, I... I I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see them produce on a consistent basis. They had a good first half against Australia, and then they come back and they control that game. They managed that game effectively. Well, that was the disappointment for them for last week because they didn't manage that, and they could have won it. Uh, but again, I think they kind of. I think that Warren Gatlin will be secretly reasonably happy, reasonably happy. He won't be happy in the manner that that was a game that really we didn't give the Welsh much chance in, and yet they created an opportunity where they should have really won that game. They should have, because, I mean, the momentum had swung after their try. It was a well-crafted try. They got into a situation where the the cock was going against South Africa as the favourites. Wales were in in their half and had carried a lot of a lot of good ball, had got those, you know, whether it was one or two metres, they should have just played out another couple of minutes and then either put the ball, soaked the ball into the corner and and asked you know South Africa to defend again or because in that situation, having played in many games like that, in that situation, I'll tell you what is going through your mind. It's going through your mind that the referee, if you give him enough opportunity, he's going to give a penalty. Mm. Referees won the game BB1. He didn't want that game to be a draw. He wanted, at one stage, when the attacking team was, to be able to put up his hand and say, "Hey, you know, I'm the guy in the middle." South Africa you came offside. South Africa are then paranoid about giving away penalties in that area. They know that they've got a half penny there who can kick goals from, you know, from yeah. halfway. Uh, Pat should have been good with goal kicking. So they're in a paranoid state, and Wales are coming at them. What do Wales do then? They cough up with a with a drop kick that wasn't really on from that distance. They give possession back to South Africa. South Africa come back down to Wales and they do the exactly same thing exactly that Wales should have been. Way. So it would be far easier for, for Warren to get them to accept if they if they've been beaten by a couple of scores in the end and said, look, we were brave, we're great. Now he's going to sit there and think, you know. Could have done it. On the other hand of that, you're then going into a final completely beaten up you know, yeah. like, could he have asked those guys to have another match? I don't think there was another match in Wales. <laughs> I, I That's a fair you know, point, yeah. And look, yeah. It's, it's reflected by the fact he's made nine changes to the team that probably some of them would want to play against New Zealand because it might be, for a few Welsh players, it might be their last games as well. But I just don't think you could have got another another squirt out of them. You know, I think Gatland had done so... Gatlin will maybe look at a bit of from being Grand Slam champions to being one of the kind of favourites going in. He's got to look at and say a final would have been a great success. I think a semi-final is okay for Gatlin. Yeah. It's okay.
0: Look, he's not going off the scene. He's got the lines in a couple of years, and and, and we'll probably see him somewhere else after that too. But we haven't seen the end of him. But we have seen the end of him at an unbelievable run at Wales. He's someone that you've known a long, long time. You came over to Ireland well, to around the same Gattie time yeah. against
1: Gaddy for years and in New Zealand he came over at exactly the same uh, same time as me um, he just went down the coaching route we both went down the coaching routes but then he he continued it but uh, you've got to take your hat off to Warren that's Gatlin that's what I mean yeah he, he, a lot of people underrate him and that's not fair I don't think for for what Gatlin his CV stacks up as good as anybody's in the world actually from, from a team that was You know, that was pretty lowly when he took over to changing the whole face of Welsh rugby, you know, to win the grandstand. But before that, going into Wasps, who again were on their knees to Mm. turn that club around, then go to Wales and to be involved. We saw how Joe Schmidt sort of ran out of time after, what, six years. For for, for Warren Gatlin to keep reinventing that side and reinventing himself for, 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 for over a decade. Uh, is it's incredible. phenomenal. Yeah. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. And to be doing it at the highest level. like I mean, yeah. he was Irish coach in 98. That's like 21 years ago now. And it's like at international level, obviously oh. with Was in the middle. It's a phenomenal record. Do you think he's unlucky not to have ever got the call for the All Blacks? I know with the way they did it with Henry and yeah. and, and, and Hanson, there was never that opportunity. But
1: I think he is. I just think that Warren didn't endear himself to... To New Zealanders I think that was more the, the fact and I don't know why I, there's just so, it's a bit the same as did he endear himself to the Irish public he's taken a long time to win over the Irish public again yeah, because the feeling of the feeling of, even though even though he didn't leave on his own accord and there was no reason why he didn't go I think that you know, you get a mixed response when you talk about Warren Gatlin to Irish supporters. Yeah, Some will say, oh, look, he was brilliant and he did a great job at Connaught, and he was great. Others will see him as being, oh, he just jumped ship and went to Wales or something like that. And I think New Zealanders feel a bit the same about Warren. You know, that, that he's always been kind of heading off to go somewhere else or do something else. But I don't think that's particularly fair because I think if they just judge, I don't think it was fair that they should, and it must have annoyed him and it must have hurt him when they talked about Joe being the next heir apparent to Hanson, which was all the talk eighteen months ago. Um, yeah. I think I think Warren had a right to feel a little bit hurt, saying, "Well, why isn't my name in the mix, really?" You know, and it and it wasn't. That is why. That is why it was. It was still great with him that he hasn't been able to beat New Zealand. That will grate with him. Because to beat New Zealand, even if it's this match or something like that, would allow him to go back and say, hey, I've done it all. You know, I've got the Grand Slam, I've beaten New Zealand. That's the one thing that Joe has over him still. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. On New Zealand then, before we leave it, like...
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, small country in the... In the small country Pacific in the Pacific. <laughs> not much for people to go there for. No. Now.
0: And uh, look, not World gonna lose a, yeah. a title that they fought very hard to get twice but you know you can't win them all i think is the no. way just looking at it though there was a there's been uh, i would like your opinion on an argument that we've been having here all week which was one that some say the performance of White whitelock at the weekend wasn't yeah. fantastic right and then there's an argument has has hansen knowing that he's finished been a little bit too loyal to some of the older guard who while legends of the game and while world cup champions might not be on that form anymore and would a more ruthless new zealand the team of three or four years ago have said i'm sorry i don't care how great you were if you're not at that level right now we've got another guy coming in or my argument which and i don't know it's just my thought is that it's not about not being ruthless is that if there isn't somebody there to replace them that that level of player can't keep coming through forever no matter how much of a national sport it is because yeah. you've had probably the best rugby team of all time there hmm. about four years ago, three, four, five, f- yeah. four or five yeah. years ago, yeah.
1: No, I think you win the argument as so far as I'm concerned, okay. hands down. And I'll tell you why, because New Zealand, New Zealand, when I was involved in 1987 that, you know, hanging around the pro- provincial rugby was at its zenith. You know, Auckland had, you know, 14 or 15 All Blacks. You know, Canterbury the same, Otago be the same. You know, it was tough. Like these team, Lions teams would come over in Auckland and Auckland put 20 or 30 points on. That then reflected in the all-black teams, those great teams or whatever. But then if you said to me that it would be, what, you know, 20 years or something before they win another World Cup, yeah. I'd have said, I'll eat my hat, it'll be four years' time. So then they went through all that period where they were regarded as chokers, on the, on the the would always be perennial favourites, all those years. What we've got now, as I see that New Zealand are going to struggle, are going to struggle in the next cycle because it's what you said. And why? Because once rugby become professional, New Zealand was going to struggle. If you look at the players playing around the world now, that as soon as they get one or two all-black caps, they're off. You know, they get offers from Europe, they get offers from France, they get offers now from Japan, which is going to open up an even bigger market than was yeah. before. So. There's, there's just not the players there. Provincial rugby, you know, apart from, you know, a couple of the Crusaders, is not being well attended. Club rugby is nearly dead on its feet. Yes, young players want to be all blacks, but suddenly they get into a situation and they play, they get an all black cap. Suddenly their, their, their salary cap goes up, doubles or whatever. Suddenly Japan will come in or whatever and say, well, if we want this guy. We're going to pay him X amounts. And we're talking, we're talking into hundreds of thousands for these players. Uh, that now go off to France or anything. Yeah. So there's not the conveyor belt that people think they have. And I'm looking at the next level of all-black greats and I'm struggling to see it at the moment. Yeah. Yes, New Zealand will welcome back a few players like McKenzie or whatever next year and and maybe Ione gets his act together and there's a few young players around like that. But we've kind of seen them this year. Like They've been good, but they haven't been... You know, like Sam Kane is not a Richie McCaw. No, you know Richie Moranga isn't a Dan Carter. You know Bowden Barrett's only got what another year left him and whatever if, if if that. You know, like so, I think you're right. I I think that Hansen was somewhat hamstrung by his selections because certainly when he looked at the front row, he started thinking, well, where's the where's the world's greats in in scrummaging? You know. Yes, with Whitelock and 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 Retallick and that there, but they can't go on forever, and I don't mm. see I don't see their natural replacements either. I don't see where Karen Reid's Karen Reed's form hasn't been great for about two years. Yeah, let's face it, it's fair. Yeah, and he hasn't. He you know, and but then who's to replace him? I mean, they're putting Savia in the number eight channel, like they're playing in a position. So I think I think the fact is New Zealand are going to go through.
0: And is that yeah. what they need in a way though because all of the problems you're there and it's funny a lot of them it's even before they're all blacks like we were talking to James Absolutely. Lowe before the tournament and he was like well, what would have my future have been yeah. it would have been two so three caps off. so exactly. why wouldn't Sevu Reese playing in this World Cup as a starter very nearly joined Connacht you know and we know well, like, he, was
1: going to, he was going to Connacht but exactly. the, 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 the basic violence charge and they and they didn't they didn't want him.
0: But that's what I mean is that he's on like it's not like these guys are going who are the second oh. tier. These guys could have been Bundyaki. both of them could Bundyaki. have been all blacks. Another one, great Bundyaki example. Playing, yeah,
1: playing playing at that level. Bandiaki was quite often cited as a potential all black. Yeah. But they're gone. They got the so so every team in the world, every team especially in France and Japan go through those go through those players just bubbling under that level. And I know because that's the type of player I was. That you, you're bubbling under that level. And so you become right pickings for for, for a, a team that can get you a little bit cheaper.
0: Yeah. You haven't
1: made the All Blacks yet, like James Lowe, but you're playing good rugby for the Chiefs or for the Highlanders, whatever. Then you're off to Japan for a few years. Yeah. Big money, great lifestyle. You know yeah. what to hang around, as James Lowe said, and maybe and maybe get a couple of caps, and yeah. maybe get a couple of caps, yeah. and wait four years for a World Cup. Look at Wonga and these guys, these up and coming young number tens they talked about a few years ago. They're gone. Yeah, and that, you know? but
0: that's what I mean. Like, is there like you talk about it being the national sport? It's it, New Zealand's identity is actually, I think, what you said on on yeah. on the show last week, which yeah. is a really really good way of putting it. This isn't something will be done if the All Blacks aren't winning World Cups or are losing every second game in the rugby championship between now and France 2023. So is there... I don't know what the solution is. I'm not looking for you to get it either, but there's a sense that Jesus, maybe if we're if this actually does start to hurt us, as opposed to it was being so good and omnipotent that they can hold yeah. off this problem. So, so uh, no, you know, they
1: can't hold off it. But you make a point because they've got to go back now, like two thousand. Figure it out. They've got to go to, to drawing board. Yeah. but it's bigger than that. It it comes down to even like talking to my brother. It comes down to the fact that you know for a good while these games weren't available on 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 national TV. People had to go on the like. People aren't going to matches anymore. You see those Crusaders matches and stuff like that, you think they're fantastic matches, you see a sprinkling of people at
0: them. Yeah, you're People
1: right. aren't wanting to play club rugby anymore or something. Now, whether it's attrition or whether, whether people are looking at these big Polynesian boys that are going to play at school and stuff and saying, look, we don't want our kids to play rugby. New Zealand has a lot of problems around, I suppose, bringing that whole identity in and, 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 and it. See, the, the the carrot isn't under the, on the string anymore for some of these players. Some of these players will sit down and say, OK, here's here's the choice I make. Either I go over and I play for Northampton for 600 grand sterling a year and I set up the rest of my life for my family, for my wife and kids, or I stay behind on the off chance that I might get called into the All Blacks for a couple of matches. That's the dilemma they face with. And you can tell them what most of them are going to do. Most of them are going to say, well, hey, it's not a certainty I'm in the All Blacks, but it's a certainty they've put a contract out in yeah. front of me, and I'm going to go. Yeah. And it's so, it
0: very hard to, to change absolutely. that mindset, So the one yet. or
1: two cap players, or the one or two cap players that, that 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 the New Zealand Rugby Union know they've been approached, can't give them guarantees. They can only go to them like Hanson and say, look, please hang around, I've got you in mind for the World Cup. Mm. But if that doesn't happen, a player's going to say, well, that's four years' time, Steve. Yeah. You know, I've got four years' time to make a bit of a living in this business for the rest of my life, so I, I'm off.
0: And I suppose the problem comes when there's no way of knowing when the one or two-cap player becomes the 80-cap player. Absolutely. you know, so that's, how you know? Sapa
1: Wong is an example. They, he was the next heir apparent, to I who a couple of years ago to, to Bowden Barrett at the day at half, talking about, bang, he's gone. And he's he he you know he's a bit like Ian Madigan, in the sense they go that they are forgotten about i th- I think that New Zealand rugby will survive but but it's because it's probably because you don't see Australian rugby making any major repairs in the next couple of years. They're struggling with players going off to rugby league they are struggling, with, again like New Zealand with numbers going to games um South Africa might be the strongest of those tri nations for the next couple of years. It 's the emerging nations now like Japan, and that you know they get a league they get a league going that 's going to hurt New Zealand even more, yeah, because the money will follow in Japan and suddenly Japan get excited and which they have a right to about their World cup performances and their team and the brave blossoms suddenly they... now imagine what happens if South Africa decide to join the Six Nations or something at some stage, or they join the the pro or they join the Heineken Cup order, which is it 's far easier for them to travel or whatever or mm. Japan then suddenly. New Zealand might be left with, without any teams to play.
0: Yeah. You know, it's fascinating stuff. Like it's, it's, It really is. And it, I suppose it, it cuts deeper than you expect, I suppose, when you just see them losing a semi-final to England. Um, well, here's an exercise you can do with the guys in here. You select a
1: you select a Fijian Tongan World Cup side, and you've got a pretty good side of all players that are playing for Australia, uh, even even uh, England, New Zealand, Japan. Yeah. You put all those Ireland. players that Ireland. Yeah, Ireland. You put all those players Somalia, into the mix, yeah, and man, you've got a good side. Yeah. You've got a great side.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And God, like there's another long conversation and how we uh, mm. we. Get those guys playing for their their native well, countries see, well, the, as well, you know. Well,
1: the Tongan guys had to pay their own way over there. Yeah, and yet, and yet, some club in Japan. Or some club will pick up those Samoan players, and they'll give them themselves a livelihood for them and their family for the, for the rest of their lives. So that is that is the biggest problem we face. Definitely. Like the, Samo-
0: the Samoan captain, um, Lamb, the number eight. Yeah. I mean, he is a free agent because he <laughs> refused the contract because he wanted to go and play the World Cup. So yeah. now he's gone back in with no club. Yeah.
1: And they advertised, it, didn't they? An amazing they said, thing. And he made that he made that known for really. For <laughs> did, yeah. said, somebody, somebody will pick somebody will pick them up, and and rightly so. But there's bigger problems. As you make it, than that are just on the field. The problem is, is keeping a national game going when, in fact, A, you fail, and look at New Zealand sport this year. We haven't been particularly lucky, you know, with the cricket. The cricket at the end, losing to England or something yeah. like that, losing to England Miracle again. Miracle,
0: weirdest game of sport yeah, I've ever weird, seen. Weird, I think weirdest, <laughs> weirdest. But, uh, but uh,
1: look, so yeah, New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand have problems. Steve Hansen won't worry about that too much. I think his legacy will be like Gatland's. He's done a fantastic job. Yeah. He'll go down as 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 one, if not the greatest rugby coach uh, in the world. The world has seen. He has to, you know, when you've been a part of when you've been part of of two or three World Cup victories and. And what he did with Wales, and what he did, you know, over a long period of time. Yep, he's going to be revered. Uh, his future will be pretty well set, you know. Yeah, he's a consultant somewhere. As will Joe Schmidt. Joe Schmidt, don't worry, he'll he'll reappear. Oh yeah, shortly. next summer we can the Joe yeah. Sweepstakes
0: will start. Do you know what? It's been absolutely a pleasure to talk rugby in this detail for the last 40 minutes without having to worry about all the woes of Irish <laughs> of Irish international rugby and I have to say I, I've really really enjoyed it and I've enjoyed the whole series um and the whole show and thanks yeah, very and much I for coming so in every week
1: too because it's nice you don't get and probably you know I could be accused of talking underwater as, as someone said but you don't get you don't get a chance to speak about rugby when you're on the television. And I'll tell you why, because it's all short sound bites. And and sometimes I just wanna go back to the days where, like I've been around a long time and I've seen careers come and go in Ireland more so than anybody. and. I know a lot about the game, and, and, and it's a game of my own heart, and I come from a country, so it's great to be able to talk to. So thanks for having, giving, allowing me to have the vehicle to be able to come and just talk about all things rugby, not just what's happened on the field, not just what happened about Ireland, but what's happened about the other, other country as well. So it's my thanks, actually.
0: No, Well, it's been really enjoyable, and thanks as well to Carry Out Off License. who have been great sponsors of yeah. the whole show last last thing and we're out the door Finished for the year <laughs> give us a score for England South Africa World Cup final
1: uh, I've got to go with I've got to go with England I'm sorry South African uh, fans out there uh, your team has done you proud and, and again for the unification of your country that would be a good result I think it will be tighter than people think. I okay. think people are already saying that you know it'll be a, you know quietly they're saying okay we'll say it's going to be tight but we know it's not going to be. I think it'll be. I think it'll be something like oh, I hate scores. I think it'll be England. I think look let's, let's say England by ten. England by ten. I don't 10. know how that's going to work out score wise, yeah. but I think England. I like by it.
0: 10. I like it. Okay, um, and I think I think there's a there's a sense out there that people actually not like in the old days. I think people would appreciate. An England win they've been a team that has actually lit up the World Cup I suppose more than well they've deserved it they've they? deserved it yeah
1: I mean you know, of all the teams you know and yeah. short of Japan making the final uh, of <laughs> or, all the te- of all the teams that have played consistently well and you know they're in rude good health no injuries look fit look a happy camp their coaches re-emerge as somebody that's likable he's made this team likable uh, they're a pretty humble bunch to be honest So, yeah, I think they've done a great job.
0: Thanks again, Brent.
1: Thank you, sir. Brilliant.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Balls.e in association with Carryout Off Licence, Ireland's number one independent off licence.